and welcome back to a very special episode of They Made Another One, where this week we will be talking about um, They Made an American One, which is a show where each week we study an often forgotten installment in a franchise or American remake of a film that's not American and see how it holds up all on its own. I am one of your hosts, Corey. And I'm your other host, Liam. And boy, howdy. We got a doozy for you this week, folks, because we watched the 2013 American adaptation of the 2003 Korean film Old Boy, which is directed by Park Chan-wook. In the American remake, it is directed by Spike Lee. It is perhaps worth noting that it is a Spike Lee film and not a Spike Lee joint, which we can get into later because there is a reason for that, as it turns out. This American remake stars Josh Brolin, Elizabeth Olsen, Charlotte Copley, Michael Imperioli, and a host of other fun faces that we will mention as we discuss. Um, I want to get out of the way off the top, uh, which is something that I don't know if we've done before, but Old Boy, both versions of the film, if you haven't seen them and don't know anything about them, I'd like to say two things. One... The twist is off the rails, so please watch the movie first before listening to us talk about it. I would highly recommend that. And also, it's a movie that gets into some very uncomfortable subject matter for a lot of people. And, you know, it wades into some pretty gnarly violence and also some not good sexual abuse kind of stuff. So if you're not super comfortable with that, maybe sit this one out. But with those anecdotes out of the way, um, Liam, what is your familiarity with uh, the original Old Boy? Because it's a film that has quite a reputation. Well, I've seen it. Um, fairly recently, I saw it. Before that, I knew about it because I have a friend who uh, is really into it. And for years, he's been saying, you know, dude, you got to watch Old Boy. You got to see the fight scene in Old Boy or you got to see the ending of Old Boy. You know, Old Boy is so, so good. We got to watch Old Boy sometime. And so I'd heard that for a couple years. And it was about uh, one year ago that he and I and all of the other roommates, you know, the four of us, we sat down and we watched the movie and uh, we were all blown away by it. You know, I didn't know the twist going in. Um, I knew that there was a long fight scene. That was about all I knew. I didn't know the plot of the movie. I didn't know the premise of the movie. And it really floored me. I thought it was a great, great, great movie. And when it comes to this film, I hadn't heard about it. I didn't know that there was a remake um, until watching that original Old Boy and then I watched a video that compares the original old boy to the new old boy um, because I had decided that uh, the new one was was something that I, I didn't think I'd ever want to sit down and watch, you know, all by myself. <laughs> and fair. so I so I watched a video that compared the two of them. It showed a lot of scenes from this new old boy. The dude was very down on the new old boy, bashing it left, right and center. Wow. And with a uh, hammer, I bet. That's right. Yeah. And and so I had seen a lot of these uh, a lot of these moments in these scenes before. And I really, you know, we, we talked last week about experiencing art through other people's experience of art. And um, this was one of those cases for me where I had experienced a lot of this movie already. And so I was really looking forward to checking it out 
for myself and watching it front to back and trying as best I can to push what I saw in that video out of my mind, which wasn't too difficult because I have a very bad memory. Um, so, you know, I, I wasn't watching Fantastic. the movie. I wasn't watching the movie and thinking, oh, he said this about this scene and, and this about that scene, you know. Um, and I didn't, I made a point to not rewatch that comparison video um, since. So though I knew what was coming in a lot of this movie, not just because I had seen the original, but because I had seen these scenes play out in a video, I still felt like I was I was giving it a fair shake. And I think that my opinions on this movie would be the same had I not seen that video. And probably had I not seen the original Old Boy, but I'll let you speak to that because um, I don't think you've seen the original Old Boy, right? I haven't, and I don't want to get too much into what we think of the remake before setting this up, but I really kind of feel like I fell on a sword here on behalf of everyone who hasn't seen the original, but so true. Yeah. went ahead and watched um, the remake anyway. I'm we, sorry, man. We I'm can, sorry. We can get into that, but... um. I, all I knew about the original Old Boy is that it's directed by Park Chan-wook, who doesn't really need an introduction. He is a very prolific and talented director, writer, and producer. You may also know him for The Handmaiden from 2016, which I know you've seen, and yeah, I missed yeah, in theaters, one. which makes me very sad. And um, he helped produce Snowpiercer. He directed Stoker and thirst among others including a very good title here which says i'm a cyborg but that's okay i'd love to know more about that movie um <laughs> and all i knew about that is that it was violent and had a really cool fight in it in a hallway <laughs> and um had a really good twist and that was it and all i knew about the spike lee version was some secondhand stuff also from like youtube videos which weren't super high on the movie, but I never knew the twist before watching it. I didn't read up enough about either version of the movie because I knew that I wanted to get to the Korean original film at some point. And um, I still really do want to do that, but I am a bit bummed that I'm not going to get the full effect of it just because I know its trajectory at this point, which is a little bit disappointing. You know, these are the things you have to do when you have um, a weekly movie podcast on the internet is sometimes you got to watch movies in the wrong order and that's okay. And you know, I'll be all right. You you can stop running your emails asking if I'm, if I'm holding up cause I'll be okay. And, uh, and um, you know, I wasn't sure what to make of this remake coming in because I didn't read anything about it. I didn't know anything about its production or its cast or anything. I tried to go in pretty blind. We tried to do that, I think, with most of the stuff that we pick on this show is just sort of saying like, hey, what about this? And if we say that, then we try to just go into it and not do it up. The remake has really, really good posters. I don't know. Did you see any of those? <laughs> um, I've seen the one where he's in the box in the field. That one sunglasses. kicks ass. Um, there's one, the one that you see on the Wikipedia page is one where he's standing posed holding a hammer, but his chest uh, is yeah. hollowed out through the hole that he digs out through the wall of the place he was captive. And there's that yellow umbrella with a woman standing in the rain in a red lit room. It's, yeah. it's sick as fuck. The posters are great. And that's pretty much all I knew. So 
I kind of want to let you, as our resident old boy expert for the week, um, let me know what you thought of this uh, remake, reimagining. There's a little bit that's different, but not a ton. After watching it, I I read the Wikipedia of the original movie just because I was curious if there was any like uh, significant yeah. differences. They're, they're not significant. Uh, but what'd you think? Well, after hearing you say that, I just want to... Let's try to shift the perspective real quick because... okay. You could have fallen on a sword by watching this first, but who's to say that the original needs to be watched before this one, right? It's not a it's not a original and a sequel, you know? It's a remake, and this one does do some things a bit different, and so I think it's kind of cool that you saw this one first and that you got to have that experience of uh, seeing these beats and seeing the twist without having any idea what was going to happen, and so... Um, I don't think it's cool. Whereas you don't have you don't have the uh, the original um, weighing to go on me, off of yeah. weighing on you. Yeah, I you know I will never be able to watch the remake of Old Boy without knowing what's going to happen. Which I would imagine like quite a few people did. I and know, you know it didn't what, make a Liam? whole lot of money. But, you know what? I think you're going to be just fine without that experience. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll just say it. This movie is no good. Yeah. Uh, I don't like it. Um, it's It seems like a, a parody of the original movie. Um, it seems like a parody of revenge movies and thriller movies, and it seems like a parody of uh, noir movies, and it seems like Austin Powers without the jokes. And, wow. Um, it's just, uh, it, I think it's really, really terrible. But I think it's, 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 it's pretty bad in a way that, that makes it kind of fun. Because you're right, it goes to some crazy, crazy places. Um, even crazier places than the original, I think. Because, you know, they oh, wanted to... Uh, I didn't know that. Okay. Because I think they wanted to one-up it uh, for an American audience and really go hard, which I think is interesting. I don't think it's as disturbing as the original just because the execution seems so comedic at times. Because the movie doesn't earn anything. Yeah, so there's no intensity. There's no there's no tension in this movie. um, And so it doesn't make those beats hit. But just on paper, I think uh, this is... um, this, this goes to such dark places that the fact that it's communicated in such a um, sort of campy way makes it pretty enjoyable. You know how a lot of people uh, diss on the Wicker Man, Nick Cage, the Wicker Man? Yeah, I think that movie's you know, fun. That's a remake. <clears throat> I think that's a really good movie. I don't... I don't have the same feeling that a lot of people have that it's just fun to laugh at. I actually think that's that's a pretty um, well-made movie that's good to watch just by itself. I think this movie is my Wicker Man where it's just uh, bad in, in every single way and is a mockery of the original. And I think that it's funny, which is better than nothing. I also think it's bad... I don't think it's funny. I don't know if I got an iota of enjoyment out of this viewing experience. And I'm frustrated because, you know, the movie really does go some fucking places and we'll get more specific shortly. And it doesn't earn the heightenedness and it doesn't earn like the cruelty throughout the movie either at all. 
and so it's not clicking in terms of like a really powerful like moving and difficult viewing experience and it's not working for me in terms of being like a parody or like an outlandish version of things that already exist it's a total flat line and uh to the point where i was like nitpicking the movie as i was watching it because that was more exciting than watching the movie which there's is a not... lot of nits to pick oh boy there's hella nits to pick dog and um this is like a fourth graders bedhead yeah okay gross don't love that but um <laughs> and i'm frustrated because you know the movie really deals with a lot of like difficult and upsetting subject matter and it doesn't flinch with any of it and putting the audience through that is in service of nothing at all because like you said it doesn't build tension you don't know why you're watching what you're watching or why you're supposed to care or why people are doing what they're doing until it's very 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 clearly laid out to you and then it still doesn't really make any sense this is a movie that wears everything on its sleeve and for a movie that relies so heavily on its ultimate twist everything leading up to that twist is completely shoved down your throat and up until the very final scenes of the movie um i had read basically everything up to that point like a book and uh, i give it credit for not giving away its final card but it was it was just dull and unpleasant. I don't know, man. It was not a good time. And I imagine that, in contrast, the original is probably, you know, what, somewhat stylish and evocative in a way that actually makes you invested. Is that fair to say? No, yeah. You. Uh, it sounds like you've seen the movie. Um, <laughs> and, and, and when that, that final twist hits at the end, it um, it makes your jaw drop because it feels so sincere and it feels like um it somehow feels like it's not being outlandish just for the sake of the shock value you know like i said the ending of this movie um kind of goes a step beyond what the original movie does but it doesn't have any any heart behind it and i think the original movie is is full of a lot of heart and that might just come from not pushing it as far as this movie did you know maybe it's maybe it's more difficult to do it with uh the many lines of incest we see in this film but um um does does the original movie earn its cruelty like does that feel like it's justifiable because the audience is with it and they're going on that experience and they're invested and it is difficult and but it feels like purposeful because i think my biggest complaint is in this movie it doesn't feel purposeful yeah yeah i think it really does and i think the the greatest indication that this movie isn't um operating with that in mind is around the 40 minute mark when Josh Brolin breaks out of his prison cell and he follows a woman and Uh, some football players come up to him and say, hey, dude, don't harass that woman. You know, kudos to those football players. And he like kills them. He just beats them like viciously to death. Yeah, like he slams one of them on the ground and there's a neck breaking and it's like, yeah, dude, get those guys for telling you to uh, 
not harass this, movie... this woman. And also, like, <sighs> wow, I'm so impressed that you know how to fight now. It's the original movie. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have that at all. And the original movie is very, very dark and disturbing. But it kind of it feels like we're living in a gritty underbelly where these things you know happen and we have to face them um sort of like a requiem for a dream sure. sort of movie but this one it, it feels like it it's just uh like it's trying like it thinks that it's action and it brutality is is it's like a car blowing up right like it's just cool to watch whereas i think the original movie you know has cars blowing up not literally but like if it were to have cars blowing up you would think oh shit like there's people inside that car that's heavy whereas this movie it doesn't care about the people inside the car do you know what i mean yeah i think that's actually a really great analogy that i've never i've never heard specifically that and i think it's it's a really concise way of putting it so if i were you i'd write that one down save it for later but um <laughs> are, we, are we recording this do we record these things <laughs> yeah we do don't worry i got it um, okay, so we kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier because Liam let it slip. Uh, but from here on out, we are going to go full detail about the twist of this movie and all that. So um, if for some reason you didn't listen to me earlier, get the fuck out of here. We're going to spoil the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it felt weird talking around it this whole time. Yeah, okay, know. so Every, cards on the table. Got it. We got it. We got it. Yeah. Cards on the table. Okay, so this movie um, focuses on Joe Doucette, who is played by Josh Brolin. And it's 1993, and he's an advertising guy, and also, he fucking sucks. And boy howdy, does the movie want you to know how bad he sucks in the first 30 seconds by railing you with every cliche about a bad guy movie character as fast as humanly possible. Yeah, and the um, movie also really wants you to know what time it is. Uh, you know, we get we got a text card at the beginning that says 3.12 p.m. You know, I don't know what movies gain from being sp so specific. Nothing. But the, the biggest thing that tipped me off that this movie was going to be what I feared it was and what that uh, YouTuber who I had seen thought it was is when it has the text at the beginning and then not a minute later, he's on the phone and he says the exact date and the year it is. Yeah. It's you know, like, it, well, it doesn't trust the, the audience. Dialogue. It doesn't what are you trust doing? the audience at all. Exactly. But anyway, so what we learn in the first like minute is, so he works in advertising. He's an alcoholic. He's a, a dick. And he's shitty to his ex-wife and doesn't care about his daughter because he's got a big, important meeting with the client. And um, his boss is like psyching him up with all this. Hey, it's New York. We I got a boxing analogy for you and all this shit. And um, he gets a very upset call from his wife, who is rightfully upset that he is not there for their daughter Mia's third birthday. And he's like, oh, what, am I late with the child support again? And it's like, no, it's your fucking daughter's birthday, idiot. And he's like, oh, I got to go with the client. And uh, when he goes and meets with the client, we're set up. That's like, hey, this is a really important thing. So don't mess it up or it's your ass, Joe. And then he goes and he gets the ad deal. But then he um, propositions the guy's wife for sex because he can't read social cues and didn't understand that she was just being nice to like, you know, get the butter the wheels of this deal and um there's uh there's this very like stylish looking woman at the bar 
who recurs later because after Joe goes on like a big drinking binge to like drown his sorrows because of how shitty he is. Um, I'm drunk. I, he literally yells. I'm he, so drunk. He's literally walking in the street in the rain and he yells, I'm drunk. And then somebody else just yells, shut up. And then he's like, does anybody have any alcohol? And it's like, <laughs> hey, we know what drunk means. <laughs> Like, yeah, and Corey, I don't know if you caught this, but when we get the flashbacks near the end of the movie and we see, you know, baby Joe in like high school or yeah. in his prep school. Yeah. Um there there's a there's a after he bothers the girl with uh the underwear because girls wear underwear and, and that's, that's hilarious like, for some reason. Hilarious. You hear him off screen. I'm not even joking. You hear him go, I'm drunk. <laughs> and <laughs> I guarantee hilarious. you the writer thought that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, you know, I'm going to fast forward here. Uh, he wakes up after his stupor, locked in a room in like a faux hotel room. And he's got just straight white clothes in there. And he's got a TV that has like old 80s workout shows on it and kung fu movies and uh, mysteries of crime, which is basically Dateline. And um, he's locked in there for 20 years. Yeah. And Without an explanation. Boy we, and boy do boy we, do we watch. know it. Boy do we know yeah. it. And then this whole sequence I hated. I hated it. And the reason I hated it is because so because the movie's got twists and turns in it, it doesn't want to play its hand, right? But yeah. so we're just watching a guy who we know is shitty just like completely lose his mind, which is not anything. It's not not it's it's nothing. Because it, I'm not going to feel good about it because I don't want to watch somebody be treated cruelly and go insane. And I'm not prepared. I think the movie wants you to empathize strictly because the punishment does not fit the crime. Like the crime is that he's shitty, but he's not so shitty that he should be locked up in solitary confinement for 20 years. And it's like, yeah, I get that. But then the second he gets out, he does a bunch of shit that makes me go, hey, maybe he was he should have been. Yeah, he's when just he's like killing if, people. If and like, a prison. If he's not in prison, he will kill people. Yeah. And I get that that's like, oh, maybe that's a side effect of like his long years in there. Sure. But then so this whole device is used for two things, which is to try to make the audience feel bad. And to set up that he is going to redeem himself because when he's in there, he's still drinking a lot. And they show him uh, masturbate, but in a weird scene because he he's completely alone, but he covers his crotch with a pillow before doing it, which I guess yeah. is because Josh Brolin just didn't want to show his dick. But it's like, for, then for just a, then shoot the scene differently. Like, this yeah, isn't for, hard. For a, this is a movie a where movie somebody th- gets their head ripped in half by a shotgun and you're not going to show his guy's dick. Like, yeah, and if it's, sexuality, if it's sexuality that's the problem, we see a daughter having vigorous sex with her dad and this guy jerks off with a pillow and while he's in there there's a lot of really heavy-handed like symbolism and just audio like just straight dialogue that is heavy-handed um like there's a a crucifix in a bible so at first you're wondering is this a religious institution is this a commentary on religion uh i choose to believe it's neither (laughs) and um it's just the movie thought it would help illustrate that he's going to be redeemed in here. And um, 
mysteries of crime okay so he's in there and after he um you know like does his things he gets like gassed and he passes out and they get a bunch of his like dna and they frame him for the crime of raping and murdering his wife and uh then his daughter who he didn't care about as established in the beginning is adopted um seemingly by some people who he sees on the tv in his room from that mysteries of crime show because he's just gone missing for years so they don't know how to solve it and he sees that they're like oh we're so blessed to have got this like child in our life and like oh it's such a terrible thing that he did fuck that guy and um later we see on a later episode of mysteries of crime because he's in there for 20 years that she's like prepared to forgive him though maybe and she's also wearing a cross and there's like very 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 it's not even subtext it's just text but i don't know what the movie's trying to do with it gradually he like starts writing letters to mia his daughter and resolves to like better himself so he gets like he stops drinking he quits the sauce and he starts like following these workout tapes and apparently becomes like a fucking martial arts expert i don't know how he did that just with tapes and like no nothing else just yeah i've tried it doesn't work yeah dude if you haven't think i've i've high kicked once or twice in this room you're fucking wrong and (laughs) um eventually he gets out like i want to skip to that he like breaks out but it's like a choreographed breakout because he gets uh knockout gassed again and he wakes up in a field in a box with a suit and some money and a phone and it's funny because he hasn't seen phones real fish out of water and he's given 84 hours to find out who held him there why they did it and if he does that he'll get like 20 million dollars in diamonds and that person will kill themselves and throughout the movie there's this dialogue between him and this mystery figure while he tries to figure this out and um then it cuts immediately to him killing a bunch of innocent people very 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 violently (laughs) And uh, that's weird because he hasn't had to deal with another person in 20 years. That doesn't necessarily immediately make you kill everybody in your sight, right? Yeah, it's heartless, uh, too. He's killing people that weren't alive when he went in the room. Yeah, like they well, weren't even and, born and also, yet, and like, now he's taken their whole Either their friends or spouses or whatever are there screaming and crying and begging for him to stop. Yeah. And he just doesn't stop until he's about to like stomp on a dude's head and then eventually he stops and i don't know if we're supposed to think that was character growth but it fucking is not and And it's um, hilarious is what it is so he gets back in touch with uh chucky who's a guy we see earlier in the movie who runs this bar that he would hang out at and chucky knows that his friend seemingly committed a terrible crime 20 years ago and it completely disappeared doesn't question for a second that he has reappeared without notice, lets him inside and immediately believes his story that he was locked up for 20 years and helps trying to solve his problem. Why he does that, I have no idea. Liam, I have to be honest with you. If you were framed for committing a terrible crime and I didn't see you for 20 years and you reappeared out front of my Irish pub without any mention of anything and you wanted me to help you get vengeance, I would say no and probably call the police. Sorry. (laughs) Well, I guess it's because, like, I'm not a shitty person, and so that means you're also not a shitty person, because shitty people are friends with shitty people. So I think his friend is just shitty. Yeah, well, and we learned that he kind of is, but, like, he's shitty in, like, a high school bully kind of way, but, like... um, Anyway, I'm just gonna fast-forward this plot thing, and then we'll, we'll pick it apart after. He 
comes into contact with um, another religious institution uh, that is like a, a traveling clinic for seemingly people suffering from mental illness and potentially also just like he seems to I believe he hallucinates that one of the men in line is carrying the yellow umbrella with the same markings that he put on his hand and he goes to just like kill that guy and Elizabeth Olsen's character who's named Marie tells him to chill the fuck out but also gives him like a business card it's like yo if you need help because you seem horribly unwell we're here and um he has this list of people that he has wronged in his life that he wrote up that he thinks may have locked him up and they do like a Google search and you know it's funny because he doesn't know how laptops work but then he immediately instinctually knows how laptops work he's like no you did two of them okay I'll do the rest of this and he just knows how to use the internet the pitch for this movie was yo what if old boy except technology and more incest and that was it yeah and um so he goes on his like vendetta searching spree and he comes across uh this cartoonish evil billionaire named adrian price who uh, i can't believe is even in this movie because it's so over the top that i don't know how they thought it worked tonally at all because uh, it doesn't it's the worst part of the movie it's yeah it's the worst part. it is i'm prepared to say it's the worst acting performance of the decade i'm prepared to say that He's got this really cartoonish, posh, like, English accent and these outrageous suits and ascots and, like, a cane and this shitty fucking beard. So it turns out that Adrian and Joe went to, like, the same high school, right? And while they were there, Adrian's sister, Amanda, also started attending the school. And what Joe figures out is that the dad is sexually abusing her and like they have sex and he saw it and he goes and he tells everybody because he's established to be like kind of a drunken high school idiot and that resulted in a ton of bullying and they had to flee and then it also comes out that the dad is sexually abusing and having sex with adrian and the caveat here being is that because this is an abusive relationship Adrian and Amanda both think it's a positive thing that they have with their dad, that it's like a special, unique thing that they should have. And they're because they're victims of abuse as adolescents, they're not able to understand that, like, this is some seriously fucked up shit. And it ends up that once they'd been outed for this relationship, the dad kills Amanda in in a bed that she was just like waiting for him in, which is fucking gross. And then kills the mom, attempts to kill Adrian, who was also waiting for that. Amazing scene. Amazing. And um, then kills himself. And what Adrian ultimately decides is that, and the reason that he put Joe in that prison for 20 years and like fucked with his daughter, is that he wanted Joe to understand what it was like to have something special to him and lose it. And what you think that means is his daughter. And what that actually means is that there is a bait and switch where his daughter was actually Marie. And there's a point with Marie where Joe and her start to bond and become close and they have pretty explicit sex. So 
he wanted to both make Joe feel significant loss, both of time and of personal relationships, and also have sex with his daughter, which is fucking gross and terrible. And then he kills himself. And after Adrian kills himself, Joe gets his prize money of diamonds. He gives some of it to Marie so she can start a new life. He gives a bunch of it to Sam Jackson's character that we'll get to in a second. And he sets himself up so that he can get placed back into the fake hotel nightmare prison that he was in. And then the movie is over. Sure. Okay. Why not? Okay, so here's the thing. Um, hearing you say that this is what happened and... While trying to skip the, the boring parts because there's a lot of that. Yeah. Also, Samuel L. Jackson is in this movie with a mohawk. Oh, we'll get to that because um, he was like a fucking fifth element extra. <laughs> so hearing you describe the abusive relationship that the daughter and brother are having with the dad um, sounds pretty heart-wrenching and compelling to me that sounds like it could be in a movie and if dealt with uh seriously and carefully and with a lot of thought for what those implications could be and how people might act in that situation that sounds like interesting stuff but the way that it is um conveyed here is It's in the most ridiculous way possible. You know, that scene that you were describing of the dad killing the three family members, it it is not it didn't strike me in a disturbing, jaw dropping way as it should have, because that is uh, a terrifying that's that's a terrifying idea that really does happen. And it's absolutely awful. But the way it's shot here, you know, it looks like it was shot by a second assistant director and they did one take of it and um, didn't think about the characters in the situation at all. They didn't think about staging. Um, It's just this, this, like I said, you know, it doesn't have any heart to it at all. And um, because these the heavy swings at the end here don't seem to pack any sort of punch beyond what they are on paper. It feels so flat and it feels so gross and so like bro-y. Like it feels like this movie was made by like a bro who was like, yo, like wouldn't it be hardcore? If, wouldn't it be uh, fucked up? If- yeah. Wouldn't it be fucked up if this happened, you know? Yeah. And it's a movie. I- We've had a couple movies like this, but I think this is the most extreme example that is in no way equipped to deal with the subject matter it's presenting to its audience. Because, mm-hmm. like, this is very serious, very disturbing subject matter, and it has terrible, awful real life implications for people, real people. Like, it's not just something you can put in that's like, wow, that's extreme. It's like, no. This is fucking serious. Take it seriously. And this movie doesn't do that. And it's not just because the movie's message is so mixed. Like, you're not really ever sure why you're supposed to care. And it just keeps ratcheting up how terrible the things are that's happening. But it doesn't make you any more invested in it as a story it just makes the things you're watching worse, right? Because it's like we've said where it's like 
all it really has to go on with Joe is that the punishment didn't fit the crime, right? Because the crime was being a bully, like being a high school bully. And maybe he shouldn't be locked up in 20 years for that and also just being an asshole. But like, so he's been wronged. But once he gets out, he immediately mixes the message by, you know, hurting those who hurt him, but also just hurting whoever. So I don't know what the fuck to do with that. And as it just becomes like more and more violent and more and more grisly, like there's a really uncomfortable scene where Joe has made some inroads into the people who like held him captive. And there's a great scene where, because he kept getting fed to the same food over and over, there is a really good montage where he tries a bunch of different restaurants to try to figure out which one was the one they ordered food from, which I think was cool. And then yeah, that's uh, cute. That's he, funny. he gets let in or he sneaks in to their like compound and has this confrontation with uh, Sam Jackson's character who again, just s- sort of dresses like an extra from the fifth element. And he yeah, like, but, but other than that, he is Samuel. L. Other Jackson. than that, he's just Sam Jackson in the scene. I'm about to describe is fucking hilarious because yeah. there is no pretense made to make this a character, which is that Sam Jackson gets nailed to the table and gets a bunch of chunks of skin cut out of his neck with a box cutter. Which is fucked up until he's just swearing the whole time and it's funny. Because it's just a Sam Jackson... Yeah. It's like they've hit play on a Sam Jackson soundboard. Like Yes. Yeah. And then there's a lot of violence. Like, as he gets up there, you know, Rami Malek makes an appearance in this movie as a guy filling in a crossword. And he gets, How long do you think he holds that note for? No wonder he was Freddie Mercury. That's like six, seven seconds of a scream. And um, he gets bashed in the top of the head with a hammer, and it looks terrible. Because all the digital <sighs> blood effects are really, 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 really bad. Yep. Um, You know, he tries to get out now that he's gotten some extra information. And then we get their rendition of the, the hallway fight scene, which um sucks and is completely baffling and inexplicable and you have no idea who he's fighting or where these people come from because they don't look like anybody else that you've seen working in this place up to this point and they're just like pouring out of hallways and shit and you have no idea who they are or why they're fighting him or like other than these i guess are people that don't want him to escape and i guess he must have clearly learned how to fight real well when he wasn't able to practice on anybody in that room completely by himself because he handles himself quite well, but it feels like everything else completely impactless because there's nothing to it. It's hollow. It's like a it's like an outline of a good scene, um, yeah. but not. It has nothing in it, and I think that's true of Elizabeth Olsen's entire character, <laughs> also, um, mm-hmm. because she just kind of gets a very one note run of the mill. I found faith because I used to be a a drug abuser and now I am completely and woefully attached to this man after knowing him for a short amount of time. And now I get to play bait. That's the whole thing, Um, which is bullshit and not interesting. And um, Joe just sort of morphs into like a very like one note stoic serious guy. And that's boring and not interesting. And... um, I think that as far as I can tell, the original movie does this too, and I want you to correct me if I'm wrong, which is that, so there's a lot of violence and depravity and abuse and terrible things, and it's not immediately clear why 
these things are there and it's sort of up to the audience to piece things piece the meaning together right is that a fair assessment absolutely yeah i didn't know what was going on in this movie in the when i watched the original for most of the runtime and it really wasn't until that last scene or two where everything starts together and it feel starts starts to come together and it feels very satisfying and it's amazing that this movie doesn't doesn't quite have that at all like you said until the last scene the film feels utterly predictable you know i was watching this movie with my girlfriend and she was saying lines before they were spoken yep, there's a lot of um, that <laughs> And it just it just keeps it just keeps happening. And I think when you say that the hallway fight is an outline of a good scene, I think that's a great way to put it. And I, and I would go as far to say that the movie it feels like an outline of a good movie. You it's know, a, it's just a great in. conceit for a better movie, which already happened. Yeah, it's, so it's it's not it's not hard to believe that this is an outline of a good movie because that stuff is the original old boy. You know, the premise is wicked. Um, uh, and I think the twist could really work because I've seen a similar twist work in the original movie, but in this one, you know, it's just an outline of good stuff and then it's filled up with bad stuff. And I guess one other thing I guess I want to make clear is uh, Adrian's character uh, orchestrated the whole thing insofar as like that mysteries of crime show that he saw on TV was fake. And like there was an actress hired to play Zodern. Like it was a whole very elaborate ruse. And somehow he knew that he would break out, the box would be in the field, he would find that truck with oh, um, Marie in it. They would exchange pleasantries, later get to know each other, become attached, have sex, and that could be the gotcha later. He knew all of that was going to happen. And yet, when you watch it, you can predict a lot of it. I didn't predict that that was his daughter, but I predicted mm -hmm. the rest of the fucking movie. And um, even though it does have a gotcha moment, you're still just like, but why? Like, never does the movie justify itself. And I think that if the original doesn't do that either, it's because those justifications are present, but they're implicit and the audience has to suss them out. The reason that doesn't work here is because everything is so surface level that the movie is screaming everything at you, whether it's text or subtext or whatever it's trying to do. And the audience is just like rolling its eyes like, okay, let's fucking get on with it. And then at the end, you're just sort of left like, okay, so I just witnessed a ton of, a ton of terrible things and bad people and worse people doing bad and worse things to each other. Why? And I don't know why. And I couldn't possibly tell you why. Although, uh, it is worth noting, did you read up anything about this movie, Liam? Uh, I know a bit about it. You know, I didn't research anything for this episode specifically, but, um, you know, over the last year or so, I I've, I've read about it a couple times. What are you getting at? Um, it's just that, so, I made a joke earlier that this is a Spike Lee film and not a Spike Lee joint. That's because the producers re-edited the movie. And Spike mm. Lee was unhappy with that. 35 minutes of the movie were taken out. And um, okay. both Josh Brolin and Spike Lee preferred that original vision for the movie. And they were frustrated with that. So there is a mm, very small itty bitty chance that there is a better movie here somewhere. And that what was taken out was vital. However, I think that taken as a whole, the rest of the movie's so fucking bad. We probably didn't miss anything. 
I'm exactly with you, dude. This is a total Blair Witch 2 situation Ugh. where it's just, okay, maybe it could have been a bit better because, yes, this movie is so streamlined, you know, uh, uh, in its construction and so surface level that, sure, it could have been cut up by a studio to be as cool looking as possible. You know, it took out all the depth of the movie. It's not even that cool but... looking. There's like one cool shot in the whole <laughs> fucking movie. And that's what I'm saying, right? That even if they had extra stuff, it doesn't make what we have here. Like, if this is put next to other things that provide depth, it's still what is on screen is is not interesting. We still have Samuel L. Jackson in a mohawk, and we still have uh, prep kid Adrian doing whatever the hell he's doing, and no amount of justification that might have been cut out on his character's part makes that performance justified you know what i mean yeah totally and i think like a lot of the performances are pretty bad <laughs> so i want to give us some time to to nitpick this movie for fun because you know we can say like it, it lacks stylistic oomph there's one shot where it's behind his head and he's walking around outside and i think that shot is good and that's basically it that's all I can remember. And um, is that when he's drunk? Yeah, yeah. When when he's drunk. When he's drunk. And um, when he wants alcohol. Oh, actually, that's a lie. The movie does one other cool thing before I forget. Mm -hmm. Uh, the flashbacks are really fucking cool because they're like embedded in the flashback. Like the present day characters are just physically in the flashback as the narration happens of what happened, and then it acts out before them, and they are just present. I think that looks really cool. I do want to say though that. I Oh, go ahead. Well, I think that's a cool idea, but I don't understand what it narratively means. I don't think it I means anything. <laughs> I understand that uh, Joe is seeing, again, um, the flashback of what he saw as a child, but I don't understand why Mia is there with him. No, I have no idea. Right? Like in there was a similar thing in Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake, where we had a teenage character um, fall into a pool and wake up outside in the snow. Very and good watch, analogy. Watch the family, you know, uh, and it looks kill cool. Freddy Krueger, and it looks awesome. It doesn't make and any sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And so it, it still kind of perturbed me. Um, but you're right. It does. It's, it's a neat concept. Um, I just want to... It's an outline of a good good idea. Yeah, I want to make clear, because I just read something that um, I think is interesting, and I'll read the whole quote in a second, but it's worth noting that this is not a film that necessarily wants the audience to like it in a traditional, like, that was good, I liked it, I leave better than I came in sense. Like, it's a movie that is prepared to make you feel bad and confused and upset you and that is the point of the movie i think that's clear because of how serious and like upsetting the subject matter is is that it's not seeking to necessarily be liked it's seeking to be provocative and like make you think and put you through something difficult right um, sure yep i don't think that gives it a free pass for being one note surface level poorly written poorly acted like you know what i mean but so there's a quote here um, from Matt Zoller Seitz, who writes for RogerEber.com. I follow him on Twitter. He's great. He's a great writer. Um, he gave it three to four stars, which blows my mind. 
uh, quote, because the internet moves with the speed and ferocity of a hornet swarm, there's a chance that by the time you read this, Spike Lee's American remake of Old Boy will already have been stung to death. If so, too bad. This American version of Park Chan-wook's Korean thriller is Lee's most exciting movie since Inside Man. Not a masterpiece by any stretch, but a lively commercial genre picture with a hypnotic obsessive quality and an utter indifference to being liked, much less approved of. And that's what made me think of that. And I think that's true. But I don't think that is enough of a crutch for the movie to be able to get by on other merits because I don't think it has many other merits. Most of the other reviews here just say it falls short or one describes it as as drab. Yeah, I think that that uh, quote from RogerEber.com, um, I get what he's saying there because it doesn't seem like at any point he's saying it's a good movie. You know, clearly he thinks it is a good movie because uh, that stuff is admirable and makes it so. But I agree with him that this movie is lively and doesn't want to be liked you know i know it's lively because when i watched it with my girlfriend we were reacting to it and i know that it doesn't want to be liked because it goes to such dark places but i think the original movie does that as well and doesn't leave me feeling so frustrated and aggravated not at the places it goes but at the way it goes to those places and i think that I think it's a cop-out to say that, you know, I wasn't trying to make something that people would like because people are capable of liking things that aren't happy and aren't, you know, mainstream, if that's what you want to say about a big-budget theatrical movie. So I don't, I don't feel like that's that's enough of a reason for me. Yeah, like, I, it doesn't make it effective cinema because it is um subversive and violent and difficult because it doesn't do any of those things to great effect so you're left wanting by the end of it and it just doesn't really have anything to provide it's i don't know i'll probably never think about it again after this and for a movie whose goal seems to be at least in part leaving (laughs) an impact on you because of how it deals with its unsettling subject material that's a pretty outrageous failure and with that i think uh i think we're probably good to wrap so uh liam what did you think overall about old boy okay so uh in terms of my final thoughts on this movie i think my biggest issue with this one is that it makes me dislike the idea of a remake um because i've said numerous times on this show that that i'm totally okay with sequels and remakes um in principle you know clearly a lot of times uh the movie that it results in ends up being one that i don't like but but i believe that a remake or a sequel does not damage the original in most cases you know i think i think there's absolutely no reason uh for me to get upset when i hear something i like is being remade or sequelized because the original is precious and uh, needs to be thought of as singular. I don't feel that way. But in the case of this movie and in talking to you, your first experience with Old Boy was this movie and my girlfriend watched it with me. Her first experience with Old Boy was this movie. Both of you guys hated it <laughs> and I didn't like this. And I truly feel that the original is lessened 
if you've seen this one first, you know, at the beginning of the show, I was trying to be the optimist that I am before I knew that you hated this movie and say, hey, well, you got to see this one first and experience the twist in the arms of these filmmakers. And maybe that's cool. And I think, you know, in it's pretty clear to me that um, there are going to be many people who see this movie not not many people, you know, I don't know how many people are going to watch this for the first time, not seeing the original old boy from now until the end of time. But there are going to be some people who watch this movie not having seen the original and think that it's bad. And now the original has been lessened because that twist and the great premise isn't there anymore and kudos to the people who can see this movie and really dig it and be blown away by the twist and not seeing the original one i think that's great but i just think that the the ratio i don't think is gonna be 50 50 you know i think a lot more people are inclined to dislike this movie and you know you and my girlfriend seeing this for the first time and not liking it and having the original uh sort of sullied for you in that way really does bother me and um i don't think this is a entertaining enough movie or a well-made enough movie to to justify that i think the original is very accessible and really clever and i think just because it's in korean doesn't mean that we need to do it again for american audiences if this is what it's going to be go ahead remake old boy again in American, I won't mind that, and in American? I especially won't mind it if it's great, you know what I mean? But because this is what we got, it really does bother me. But I think a lot of this movie is funny. It's bad enough to be funny. And so if you've seen the original Old Boy and uh, you're okay with checking out another one and it doesn't infuriate you that this movie exists... And even if it does infuriate you, you know, you might as well check it out and get some laughs while you're infuriated. I think this movie is absolutely hilarious, but it bothers me that people might see this one before the original. I'm gonna, my, those are my final thoughts. What about you? I'm going to immediately refute that last bit that you just said. Don't watch hmm. this movie. It's not funny. You won't get enjoyment from it. It's just bad. Um, I didn't find any even ironic enjoyment in it um i really do feel like i kind of took one for the team this time around and um it's deeply frustrating to me knowing that a better version of this exists because this movie is so flat and so predictable and so eager to provoke people with difficult challenging upsetting material but is in no way prepared to grapple with that in a serious way and um it doesn't enrich the viewing experience because you feel like you've done something difficult in the service of experiencing a piece of art conceived by an artist to get a response out of you that is particular it feels like you're going through the motions of people who thought they could just do the same thing again and no one would notice and the fact that that's coming from somebody who hasn't seen the other one is not a great indication of its quality i was deeply frustrated the whole time i watched it and i don't think i'll shake that and i couldn't possibly even for laughs recommend it i think i couldn't even find it funny because for however bad the execution is the 
the material that is being executed poorly is still serious enough that it's just uncomfortable and it's just upsetting, but it's not evoking anything that feels meaningful and it's not provoking your audience in a meaningful way. It's just sort of fucking making me miserable in that. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. I don't know. Don't Can I respond to that quick? Oh yeah. Go for it. I'd be happy to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So I totally get that you feel that way. Um, This is your first experience with these ideas and the fact that this movie is so tactless is is frustrating like i said man it frustrates me that you and my girlfriend had to experience it this way because my girlfriend was infuriated too you know what i mean like it wasn't it wasn't that funny of an experience and um i think that there's no reason to put yourself through this movie if it's your first exposure to the material i think if you've seen the first movie, the original, and you've seen these ideas done well, then you always have that movie. And at that point, I think um, since this movie does exist, you know, it's a good movie to get together with some friends who have all seen the original very important point and like get some pizzas like if i think i think Corey, it's a shame that this is the way it turned out for you and i'm really sorry and i i I really wanted you to like this movie and i was hoping you did i couldn't understand why you would but i was hoping you did but if you had seen the original old boy i think this would be this version would be an awesome movie to get together like get some pizza and some boys together and some chips and just just laugh at the way that someone can so so profoundly miss the mark and profoundly misrepresent the material in the first movie um and it really sucks that you didn't get that because i don't think I, I don't think it's it's ridiculous that you didn't find the scenes I found funny funny because I already have the safety net of that original movie and being deeply affected by these themes. I have that in my past and at this point all I can do really is laugh at this movie because if I don't laugh I'm going to cry and that's all I got. Yeah, no, I I think that that makes perfect sense and um, I think that's a good place for us to leave it because honestly I don't want to talk about old boy 2013 anymore thank you once again for listening to another episode of they made another one american remake edition you can find us all over the internet on twitter at they made another all one word on spotify anchor apple podcasts google podcasts stitcher overcast breaker radio public and all kinds of other places as they made another one and um It would be great if on your app of choice, if they have a review section, if you want to throw us a positive review, it helps get the show some, uh, some extra publicity and some more listeners. And, uh, we would be thrilled, not just for that, but to hear what people have to say. And, um, another place you can reach us is via email at TMAO podcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and explanations for what you would do if you were locked in a room for 20 years uh liam where can people find you you guys can find my film writing alter ego graham the haunted marshmallow on twitter and letterbox the username is graham the mallow and uh, you can find me on twitter at mr Corey price 
And next week, we will be discussing Tron Legacy, a movie that I just remembered exists, and I am very, very, very excited to watch again. And uh, hopefully, it will be a more pleasant viewing experience than Old Boy was. And at the very least, it has a Daft Punk soundtrack, and that is enough for me. And uh, please watch that in advance if you want to be part of the discussion with us. And with that, thank you once again, and we will catch you here next time for more. They made another one? <laughs>